Pastor Loella. Um, he's been a pastor at UJ Kingsway for more than 12 years, has a huge passion for seeing the youth encounter Jesus, and we look forward to seeing what you have to share with us today. Awesome, thank you. Good, uh, good morning, church. I, I hope everybody is doing well. I, um, I, I am excited for this season that we are all in, but I've come to the realization that Christmas season or December as we think of it is actually the busiest time of the year because I am very aware that all of you are sitting here with wedding invitations that you have to attend to and you're thinking about those weddings and you're thinking about all the things that you have to do this December. On Friday, my wife and I went to Pretoria and we spent the whole day in Pretoria with our family and we came back around 9, 9 p.m. Uh, on Friday night. And then yesterday we went to a wedding and then we came back around 10, around, uh, 10 p.m. in the evening. So I can appreciate that we are all supposed to be on holiday, but we are all busy right now. But I want to speak about staying awake. Speak about staying awake is I am also aware that a lot of you are going to be doing a lot of driving this holiday. How many of you are from Limpopo? Just wave at me if you are from Limpopo. I know, let them know that we are here. How many of you are from Limpopo? Okay. Now, how many of you are going to Limpopo during this season? Yeah, less hands. You see that? I'll tell you why they're not, they not going to Limpopo. If you decide to go to Limpopo, there are two times in a year where you are not supposed to go to Limpopo. The first one is Easter. If you go to Limpopo during Easter, you will be on the road for hours. One time... I decided, to I decided to drive to, to Jobek from Limpopo during Easter. I promise you I was on the road for 24 hours. The reason for that is because uh, ZCC has this conference and then everybody from all over South Africa and all over the world is on the road. So you're waiting at the toll gate for hours just so that you could go through. The second time is now in December. The reason the roads are packed to Limpopo is because everyone in Jobek is from Limpopo. <laughs> and they are all going home. So, I've come up with a plan of how to stay awake when driving to Limpopo. The first plan is that you must have a killer playlist in the car. If you don't have a good playlist, you're going to fall asleep. So you must make sure that you have a good playlist, a playlist that keeps you awake. One time I drove with uh, Tabo and, and, and Pila to Durban. And as we were driving to Durban, I was the one driving and they were judging my playlist. They said my music wasn't good enough. But do you know what my music did? My music kept me awake. So it's not about the other people. I, I'm giving everybody who's driving permission to be in control of the radio. You are the one who needs to stay awake. The, the second thing that, you, that I, I think is going to help you drive and enjoy these long drives that you're going to do this, uh, this holiday season is you need a good person sitting in the passenger seat. You need the right person. It can't just be anyone. Do you know why it's important who's sitting next to you? 
Because it is that person's responsibility to keep you engaged. They must keep you awake. So if you are, if you are one of those people who is going to be sitting on the passenger seat this holiday, I want to charge you that you have a job. And your job is to keep the driver awake, entertained, and engaged. Come there. Come ready with conversations. I know you're thinking, okay, what does this have to do with Christmas? <laughs> open your Bibles and I'll show you. Let's open our Bibles to look to from verse 1 all the way to 20. Here's what it says. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Crinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his hometown. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, and the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddle clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, and you will, that will be for all the people. For unto you in this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord has been born. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in a swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said to each other, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all those things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it had been told to them. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we come before you and we ask you that at the reading of your word, may we be transformed. Father, we pray for a grace to be able to obey your word. Heavenly Father, we open our minds and our hearts to receive from you this morning. In the powerful, wonderful, mighty name of Jesus. And the church of God said, Amen. We all know the Christmas story. As a matter of fact, we actually all know 
all the important characters who are integral to the Christmas story. We know all the people that have to be in the Christmas story for the Christmas story to happen. This morning, I want to spend some time just to remind you of all the important people who play important roles in the Christmas story. And without these people, there is no Christmas. Is the priest Zechariah. Zechariah, the Bible tells us, he's in the temple performing temple duties. And as he's in the temple performing temple duties, the angel Gabriel appears to him. And the angel Gabriel tells him that, Zechariah, you are going to have a son. And this son that you're going to have, he is going to be the last of the Old Testament prophet. And his responsibility is that he is going to prepare the way for the Christ who is coming. So Zechariah is very important to the Christmas story because without Zechariah, we don't have John. Now, we are all wise enough to know that if there is a father, there has to be a mother. Right? And all of you are looking at me like, hey, that's not how the Christmas story plays. But isn't it interesting that Zechariah needed to give birth in a natural way. A miracle was needed though for his wife, who's the second person who's integral to the Christmas story to conceive. And that's Elizabeth. Elizabeth is Zachariah's wife. She's the one who's given the responsibility of bearing the, 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 the son who's then going to be called John. But her story and her importance in the Christmas story is that when she was pregnant... A young lady named Mary, who is her cousin, comes to her. And when she's coming to her, when they're speaking together, Elizabeth feels that the baby inside of her is filled with the Holy Spirit at that moment. So what the scripture tells us. Elizabeth's story or Elizabeth's part in the Christmas story is very important because she confirms to Mary that what's happening to Mary is of God. Elizabeth is very important. Beyond the fact that she is carrying the person who is going to prepare the way for Jesus. Now the next person who is very integral to the Christmas story is Mary. Now what's complicated here is I just said that you need a father and a mother. But with Mary, you just need a mother. Now theologically... We can all appreciate why it's important for Mary to be pregnant without the line or the blood of man. Let me explain this to you for those of you who've always wondered. Jesus had to be fully God and fully man for him to do what he alone could do. So when we say that Jesus was born of God, when we say that Mary was, 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 was filled with the Holy Spirit and became pregnant, what we are saying is that the child that is born out of Mary is a child who is fully God, fully human. Jesus came to save man. Jesus came to do that which man cannot do. So theologically, if Joseph was the father of Jesus, 
Jesus could not offer us salvation. So now we can appreciate how important Mary is to the Christmas story. Without Mary, we don't have Jesus. Another person who's very integral to the Christmas story is Joseph. Now, I just said that you don't need the father for Jesus to be born, right? But how many of you have realized that Mary needed protection? Jesus needed protection when he was a baby because Herod the king wanted to kill all the babies. And we all know, we can all appreciate the protection that fathers give. It was Joseph who came, who, who received wisdom that the baby was in trouble and they must move and leave. It was Joseph who received confirmation that the trouble was gone and they can go back. Joseph is very important to the Christmas story. Without Joseph, there is no protection for the baby. Now, I've told you people that are very integral to the Christmas story. We've spoken about Zechariah. We've spoken about Elizabeth. We've spoken about Mary. We've spoken about Joseph. There's another group of people that are very integral to the Christmas story, but they're not integral to the Christmas story because, you know, they were planned. They're integral to the Christmas story because they inserted themselves into the Christmas story. They were actually not invited. The Bible tells us that there was this magi in the east who looked to the stars. And as they were looking to the stars, studying the stars, they realized that a king was going to be born. And there was a star that was telling them that at this particular time, a king is going to be, to be born. What did they do with that revelation? They followed the star. And after they followed the star, they arrived to the place where the king was born. They're important to the story of Christmas because they confirmed to Mary that even the earth is responding and aware that a king is being born. So I've told you now the people that are integral to the Christmas story. Zechariah, Elizabeth, Mary, Joseph, and the Magi. But we read here in the book of Luke chapter 2 about shepherds who are told that a king is being born. Now, friends, let's think this through. These shepherds, this revelation that's given to them, does it affect whether Jesus is born or not? Come on, let me know. Let's think about it. If they are not told that Jesus has been born, is Jesus going to be born or not? I propose to you that the shepherds are not integral to the Christmas story at face value. When you get access to revelation that other people will not get. Let me remind you what's happening during this Christmas time. Let me remind you what's happening on the day that Jesus is born. Adam and Eve are created by God. They sin against God and they are cast out of the garden, but God comes up with a plan to redeem mankind. And the plan to redeem mankind is that God himself is going to step out of heaven and step into the affairs 
of humanity, God himself is going to step into the world and save mankind. You can imagine this is what heaven has been waiting for. This is what heaven has been looking forward to. A time when God himself will be born amongst men. I promise you, on the day that Jesus was born, all of heaven was looking at that manger. All the angels were, 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 were fixed on that one place in human history. Heaven was awake. I can imagine the, 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 the shouting, the joy, the, 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 what, whatever was happening in heaven was loud. Because a king was being born. But as we read the story, we realize that heaven is awake, but earth is asleep. Earth is not aware of what's happening, but heaven knows. And the only people who are aware of what's happening in heaven are the people that have received revelation. The people who've been told by the angels or the people that have looked at the stars and are able to become aware of what's happening in heaven. The Bible tells us that the reason Jesus was born in a manger is because there was no room in the inn. Just pause for a second and think this through. If you and I found out that a king is about to be born and they need a place to be born, we would all move out of our rooms. It's Christmas time. Some of you know what I'm talking about because in Christmas time, when, when we are at home with everyone, there's some place for someone to sleep. We'll shift stuff around. If it means making an extra room available, we'll make that extra room available and we are talking about each other. How much more so when we find out that the king of heaven is about to be born in our midst? What would we do? I propose to you, the reason the owner of the inn did not make room for the king to be born inside the room is because the owner of the inn was not aware he was asleep. He was asleep. And because he was asleep, he did not respond appropriately to what was happening in front of him. In front of him. It actually saddens my heart that the king of kings was born and the people were not aware that the king of kings is born. I love Men United. They are not doing well. But I love them nonetheless. Every now and then, during the off-season, they will travel the world and go play games in other parts of the world particularly when they play in the U.S. When they go play soccer in the U.S., this is Man United, when they have a match where they're playing against teams in the U.S., the implication of that for me is that the games are going to be played, for me at real time, at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. I'm not alone. I'm saying this because I know I'm not alone. 
I stay awake for those games. I will set my alarm and make sure that at 2 a.m. I am awake to watch my team play. Ah, you guys are looking at me, judging me. Don't, no, don't, don't. We all have things that we know. Okay, let's get real. If, if the Springboks were playing in another part of the world and all the games were 2 a.m., we would all wake up. We have the capacity in us that when we recognize something of great value, we will stay awake for that thing. The people did not realize what was happening in front of them. But then we are told about the shepherds. Now, let me remind you what the shepherds used to do back in the day. It was their responsibility to take care of the sheep. And taking care of the sheep meant that they would stay awake at night. They would stay awake at night looking after the sheep, protecting the sheep from predators. It was their responsibility to stay awake. I want you to notice how the Bible says it. In verse 9, it says, And in the same region, in the same region, there the Bible is saying, in the same proximity where the king of kings is being born, it just so happens that there's a group of people who are awake. And because they were awake, that's who the angels went to. All because they were awake, they got to receive the revelation of what was happening. As I was preparing this message, I felt the Lord put it in my heart that heaven is on the move. Heaven is on the move. There's great joy and, and great things are happening in the heavens above. But some of us are asleep. And the reason we are asleep is because we are looking at the things of this world and trying to judge the world based on the things that we see. We're looking at our country and we're saying, man, it's not going well. We're looking at our finances and we're saying, man, it's not going well. We're looking at our children and we're saying, man, it's not going well. Well, some of you are saying, women, it's not going well. But we're looking through the eyes of men and because we're looking through the eyes of men, we are asleep. I'm talking to myself, don't worry, I'm not talking to you. But heaven is awake. There's rumblings in the heavens. There's angelic activities. There are people that are receiving angelic re visitations. There are people that are being told revival is coming. There are people that are being told I am pouring out my spirit without limit on my people. There are people that are receiving this revelation that Jesus is on the move on the earth in our country, in this continent, in the world. But for some of us, we are asleep. I want to propose a reason why we are asleep. One of the reasons why we struggle to keep believing that God is going to move, God is going to do great things, 
is because of the failed promises that we thought we received from God. Some of you are said here, you know that God told you that you're going to be a great mother. But here you are, and you're still not a mother. Some of you, God promised you that you're going to be a great wife, and here you are, you are still not a wife. Some of you, God told you that you are going to be a person of significance and influence, and here you are, you've been crying out for promotion. Some of you, God told you that you are going to be a world changer, and here you are just wondering if you can even change yourself. There's nothing that causes men to fall asleep like unanswered prayers or what feels like unanswered prayers. But it's interesting that in this text, when the gospel writer Luke is telling us about these shepherds, he starts by telling us about the census that was taken. It, it sort of like feels like it doesn't belong, that story. Because here's how the story goes. It says, there was a census that was taken by Caesar, and it was taken at this particular time when Jesus was born. And the reason the census was taken, we are not fully told. We can assume that it was taken so that Caesar would find out how many people should be paying tax. But we are told that because of that census, Joseph goes to Bethlehem. Now, if you read the Bible with a modern city life world of view, you will miss what the Bible is actually telling us here. But if you read it with an old understanding of the world, which still exists today, you will see what Luke is saying. Now, my name is Rera, by the way, if, I wasn't, if you didn't hear when I was being introduced. And my surname is Rambuda. What that means for me is that during these holidays, I am going to get in a car with my wife and we are going to drive home. When I say we are going to drive home, here's what I mean. We are going to drive to a place, a village in Venda that's called Harambuda. Do you see that? My name is Rambuda. I am going to get in a car and drive to a place that's called Harambuda. The reason that place is called Harambuda is because many, many years ago, hundreds of years ago, a person decided to start a tribe of people that's called Rambudas. So when I drive home and when I get home, my neighbor is my cousin. Everyone around me is related to me by blood. So when the Bible says that Joseph is going to Bethlehem, the Bible is saying Joseph is going to a place where everyone around him is related to him by blood. Not only that, but everyone there finds their ancestry from one single person. Here's what it says when the angels are speaking. To the shepherds in verse 11 it says for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior notice what's happening here 
Luke is placing Joseph as a direct descendant connected by blood and birthplace to David. Friends, this is so important that all the people who tell us the story of Christmas start with this issue. When Matthew is writing the story of Christmas, he starts by writing the lineage of David all the way to Joseph. Why? Why is it so important that Joseph is connected to David? Because many, many years ago, hundreds of years before this moment, God made a promise to David. And here was the promise to David. David, there will always be a descendant of yours on the throne and there's coming a time when your throne will exist forever. That was the promise that was given to David. It's an amazing promise. You and I know what it's like to receive a promise like that from God. You and I know what it's like to receive a promise so great that we look at it and we say, God, you're amazing. But we all know what happened next. David's children squandered the throne. They disobeyed God. And a time in history came where the kingdom was separated in two. Later on, a time came when the kingdom was utterly destroyed. There was no throne of David anymore. And the people in those days, in those times would have asked, where is the promise of God? God, you promised that they would be a king on the throne of David forever into eternity, but there isn't even a throne right now. One of the reasons we fall asleep is because we think that God does not keep his promises. For some of you, you've been hoping, praying for a long time, and you are holding on by a thread. You push yourself to come to a place like this, but in your heart you're saying, but God, what about the promises that you said you made to me? How can I even stay awake? How can I even be aware of what you're planning when I cannot see you respond to what you had promised? But notice what the gospel writers do. They start the story of Christmas by saying, let me tell you, that promise that everybody else thought was gone, that promise that everybody else thought was dead and buried, when Jesus was born, his birth was an answer to that promise that was made many, many years ago. Though some people had forgotten, though some people had given up, Jesus begins his life as an answer to a promise of God that was made over centuries. God declared it and it happened. You might be sitting here this morning and processing, wondering, God, when are you going to answer my prayers? God, when are you going to respond to me? God, have you forgotten about me? I bring this word to you this morning to remind you that God is a promise keeper. He is a promise keeper. 
The Bible tells us that so is his word that goes out of his mouth. It will not return to him void, but it will accomplish everything that he was sent to do. If there is a promise on your life, don't worry. Don't worry. He's got you. He's got you. This Christmas, if, if you're wondering where is God in everything that's happening, I promise you he's spoken a word over your life. If you're sat here and you're thinking, God, I haven't heard your word over my life, I promise you I'm holding it right here. I'm holding it right here. And he says in this word, he says in this word, you are more than a conqueror. He says in this word that you are not a victim of your circumstances, but you are set free by his blood. He says in this word that he has not forgotten you. He has not forsaken you. He's engraved you in the palms of his hands. Your walls are ever before him. He says to you this morning that I know you. My friends, may you allow me to be so bold and tell you this morning that you've been lied to. You've been told that God has forgotten his promise over your life. But that's not true. The Christmas story reminds us that he loves us. The Christmas story reminds us that he knows us by name. Let us stand up and pray. Earlier on, I spoke about how if you're going on a long drive, it's important that the person sitting in the passenger seat is the right person. It's a person who can help you stay awake. I don't know if you noticed that the scripture we read today said that the shepherds are the ones who received the revelation from the angels. It wasn't one shepherd, but it was a group of them. My friends, I want to remind you this morning that you cannot stay awake alone you need someone to help you stay awake you need someone to remind you of the promises that God has spoken over your life you need someone to remind you that God is good over your life and that's why we do church together that's why we are always encouraging you to be in a connect group that's why we're always encouraging you to be in family together so this morning, I want us to go in prayer before God to pray for each other. And I'm going to ask you just to hold the hands of the people next to you. As you're holding them, this is, this is you reminding yourself that you need other people. You need other people to keep you awake. You need other people to remind you of the goodness of God. I'm going to also ask us this morning, as I was preaching, I'm pretty sure that you remembered the promises that God has spoken over your life and you're fighting with those promises right now. But I want you to be selfless in this moment. I want us to spend just a minute praying for the people whose hands we are holding. You might not know them, but God knows them. And God has spoken promises over them. And I want you to pray that God would keep them and God would hold them. That God would reveal himself to them. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're a, you're a promise keeper. We thank you that even as we are holding the hands of our, of our friends, or, or of the people that we, we, we've, we've decided that we are a family together, 
I thank you, Father, that this morning you are reminding them of the promises that you've spoken to their hearts. There are people here, oh Father, who've been waiting, waiting on the promise that you made over them for marriage, waiting on the promise that you made over them for children, waiting for promises that, that you made over them for people that are going to return home. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. God is God is healing people right now. God is increasing the strength in people's people's hearts. Father, we welcome you here. We welcome you here, O oh God. We welcome you as you're strengthening us in our innermost being. We are those who won't give up on your promises. We are those who are going to walk in the knowledge and understanding of how good you are. We are those who in this moment are choosing to stay awake. We are choosing to stay awake. We are choosing to open our eyes and fix our eyes above. And the church of God said, and the church of God said, and the church of God said, Amen.